Hiya, uh, welcome to the Kickstarter Motorcycle Podcast. Uh, we're back for episode two. Um, I'm Colin. I'm Simon. Welcome. Yeah, nice to see you guys again. Nice to see you, Mozart. How you doing? You well? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, where are you? You look like you're in prison. <laughs> no, this is the uh, the lack of personality that I have in my house, but thanks for pointing that out. No worries. No worries. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just painting the picture for everyone. Um, <laughs> what have you been up to? Um, not a lot motorcycle-related this week, to be honest. There's no. not been a great deal. The weather's been pretty crap. Uh, haven't really been out. I think the only motorcycle-related news I have is that I ordered something three weeks ago, and it doesn't appear that they've got anything other than having received the order yet. So That's pretty rubbish. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I mean, it did say that it would take a while, but I thought they might have processed a bit of the order by now. But nothing. Yeah, three weeks so, is ridiculous. Yeah. In, in, in this modern day, you don't expect that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Poor man. Poor yourself um, been up to much uh, little riding i've been out a couple of times but mainly i've been fixing my drz um i had an issue with the rear caliper um which was totally seized to the point where um air wouldn't remove air sorry compressed air wouldn't move out the piston um <laughs> hydraulic fluid wouldn't move move the piston um we put heat on it we put we froze it <laughs> we tried everything oh, wow. on the piston um, and then I ended up buying uh, another one, and I had to get a new master cylinder. So it's been a bit of a pain in the ass just to get this uh, rear brake on the uh, DLZ. Sounds it. Yeah, um, but it's nearly there now. Now I just need to um, sort out the, the new tire on the back, which I'm going to sort out tomorrow. But um, yeah, little riding. And that'll all go smoothly, obviously. Well, <laughs> I don't want to go into too long. We'll talk about this on another tape. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I I did manage to to... to pop uh two inner tubes trying to fit this tire so um i'm not the best at putting inner tubes and tires on bikes well if we're ever going to talk about that maybe we'll talk about um sealing them up and making them tubeless as well worth a thought yeah we should do we should do mm. all right but today we're not talking about that are we we're talking we're going to continue our beginner series um which... yeah, correct we are so going back to uh to CBT legal bikes, you know, um, today we're going to be talking about recommendations, um, what buying tips, uh, our CBT bikes, what we have f- first had. Um, but I suppose first we should, uh, you know, if you didn't listen to the episode one, what is a CBT legal bike, Colin? Well, legally, uh, in the UK, it's a, a 125cc displacement. Um, actually, actually, I think it's a 124cc, uh, technically. Um, it uh, has to be under or equal to 11 kilowatts, um, which is uh, about 15 brake horsepower. Um, most 125 bikes that are available in the UK um, fit these requirements because that's, that's the market. That's what the market needs. So, so if you buy a, a 125 bike in the UK... 99.9% of the time it's going to fit in the CBT requirements. Um, there's going to be like one or two outliers as there always is, but um, yeah, you sh- you wouldn't be, you'd be hard pressed to find that bike. Um, Assuming it's road legal. I right? think if you, if you bought an off-road bike, you might accidentally get something that was more powerful, but yeah, you've got an old two stroke. You might find something powerful. Yeah. Um, mm. But you're not going to find many new two stroke one, two fives these days. No. Um, 
so yeah we continue and you, you should go back to listen to first episode right so um if you're on episode uh, two yes yeah, very um, very informative it's not like you, you you've got much uh to, to listen to we have two episodes so um go back to listen to episode one and then uh join us here um and the next thing is what talking about our motorbikes uh which is which is fun in a way re- re- going and remembering what we used to ride so let me just <laughs> share because oh and if you don't know we do put this on youtube too so there is a video so if you want to see um mozart's prison cell and um <laughs> my lovely face and the motorbikes we family home. You. <laughs> yeah um so hang on let's share this right what's this mozart what are we looking at that that is a beautiful example of a yamaha dt125 that was my first bike um, in those beautiful colours. Now, as you can imagine, as a 16, 17-year-old boy with a bike that has, I mean, for those who can't see it, it's it's a white bike with a little bit of pink, pink trim. But this is properly Barbie pink trim. And obviously, <laughs> no one noticed that it was a white bike. They all called it a pink bike. Um, so that was the Barbie bike. That's what everyone referred to it as. Um, it was great. Apart from, no one could start it apart from my father. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know if you, but we used to be, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you'd be leaving somewhere, you get all your gear on and uh, say your goodbyes and you'd leave and 10 minutes later you come in and they'd all laugh at you because you couldn't start your bike and then they'd all come out and none of them would start it either. And then we'd call (laughs) me dad, my dad would get out of bed and he'd get in the car and he'd drive across town and he'd go off and he'd always, always, always kick it first time. Wow, man. And I should point out my dad is not some kind of macho man, he's about five foot three. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it, I'm sure he used to walk away with a you know a real big grin on his face. Uh, they wouldn't ask, and he that. would actually yeah, come out the, at night to help you start it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure uh, these days. I think it was just that he knew to uh, to pump up the compression. Right. Yeah. So we didn't know. Yeah. We just said they're kicking it empty. Um, but it was a great bike. Yeah. Um, it was 37 inch seat height. I think whatever. Okay. It was really really tall, and I ain't the tallest yeah. guy, so. I learned about falling off bikes on that a few times, just a stationary, you know, a slight bit of wind, and I'd go over. Um, but yeah, it was a great. How bike. old was that I when you it. bought it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it was at least ten years old when I got it. Okay, so fairly old, really. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so it'd um, been around for a while. Was it battered, yeah. or did did you buy it in really good I condition? Mean, I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good condition, but to be honest your eyes you're looking at it through rose tinted spectacles aren't you even though it's pink anyway you don't really you're like oh it's my bike i'm gonna buy that it's gonna be mine i don't really care oh, it's got a few scratches doesn't matter you know you you, yeah. you look past yeah. all that because you're about to, to to be able to ride a motorbike so um you were obviously looking past in, it because you were looking past yeah. the pink so you were looking past all in, the uh, all the problems with it exactly in my eyes yeah. it was perfect and you know what? Looking it, back now, it still looks pretty perfect now. It looks it looks loads of fun. It really does look loads of fun. Mm. For some reason, the, the word that springs to mind when I look at it is gnarly. Um, <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, it's, it's very nineties graphics and colours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Gnarly is the word. It's like you've got to be confident wearing that, and you'd and you'd be wearing some like I don't know, luminescent like yellow shorts. Um, <laughs> just bright colors man um mm. yeah looks awesome it's a very cool bike did it have road specific tires or was it like kind of 50 50 like road no, mud tires i think or? it was i think it was nobbly's um nobbly's, i remember okay. it was it was it would really not do very well on the 
if you were leaned over in a corner and you hit the, you know, the, the tar snakes, the inch wide little bits of tar that yeah. go around the road repairs, it would kick out easily. Um, and it did do all right in the quarry around our friend's dad's house. So I think it was Nobbly's. Okay, cool. That's a cool bike, man. Do you, now, do you mm. remember how much it cost you? Bearing in mind this was a while ago. Oh, no, you, you know got what? this. I've no got a clue. And you got this when you were young. Oh, you were 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, I was like 16. I was, sick. I was either late 16 or just 17. Yeah. I have the feeling uh, 900 quid is, is floating around in my head. Okay. Which I don't, 20 I, years I ago is a lot of money. I mean, I don't know if it was a lot of money, but 20 years ago, you could get a bike for a grand. Yeah. It was 20 years ago. Okay. It's a bit longer than 20 years ago. Mm. I'm a bit mm. older than that. 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to my bike. I like yours. I, um, I, I, I prefer your bike to this one. I had a Suzuki GN125. I have no idea what year it was. Um, I had this bike probably about... 12 or 15 years ago um i didn't get my cb2 t until i was like mid to late 20s um so yeah i got this i got this uh used something like six seven hundred pounds i've never been one to spend much money on anything really um i spend a lot of money but um not all on one thing and this was one of those purchases where uh, i knew i needed a bike for a cbt and it was the cheapest one i could find in the area um it didn't look great it didn't ride great i had no attraction to it really other than the fact it was two wheels and it had an engine that was it um it's got a weird look it, to it it's almost trying to be a cruiser but it's not it does it, i mean it doesn't it doesn't screamling appeal at me um no yeah like you say no. it looks like it's the front of one end of bike and the back half of a different bike yeah. it looks like a parts bin special it that's, does. That's, that's exactly what it looks under, like. Yeah, it's a universal Japanese motorcycle, and they've you know got the forks from this, and the frame from that, and the engine from this, and they've cobbled yeah. it all together and produced something, and that's that's what you got. But but you had great fun on it. I, 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 I had great fun. On it. Uh, you know what? I didn't. <laughs> I don't have fond, massively fond memories of riding this bike. I, I, I have fond memories of having a bike, if you know what I mean. And I have fond memories of being able to get to places and have little road trips on my own. I didn't know anyone else who rode a motorbike at the time. So I had my own little trips. But the bike itself, pff, no. I don't have many fond memories of the bike, just using the bike, if you know what I mean. Um, oh, so, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. It, um, How did you... It, uh, what happened with that bike? Did you did you sell it? Did you move upgrade? What happened? What was your story? I sold it. Um, I didn't upgrade. I sold it and moved out of the country. <laughs> um, I mean, and yeah. and then moved to Thailand and then just got um, cheap bikes over there for a bit. Um, what yeah, did you, can was, you remember what you sold it for? Not much because you know what? I probably left it to rot outside for six months. <laughs> right okay so you didn't you didn't get your same money back or less or, no way no way no. the guy bought no i think there was something wrong with it something happened to it um which made it pretty much unusable um i didn't have the money at the time or the inclination desire to to put money into it because i knew i was moving um so yeah i i did let it go into a state of disrepair which um 
unfortunately is a bit of a habit of mine <laughs> well younger colin you know i like to think older colin has learned from younger colin's mistakes a little oh i don't uh, know, yours, I don't yours, know. Yours, yours is better than mine um so i i grew up and i went to university a long long way from where i lived and i drove my little motorbike all that way on a roads up the north the spine of england um and you know it was freezing and cold but i, I it was great i had a bike up there you know, being a student um right up until one night i got run over <laughs> by some girl on a um uh, go around a roundabout and she just didn't see me and she just ran over my front wheel um and i was lying there uh-huh. in the but long story short she she took total responsibility uh i being a young and foolish lad didn't but well, there's someone off to be a witness i was like no nah, don't worry about it think of witnesses anything like that and then her asshole of a father <laughs> rang up the next day and was like no i don't think you've got you know she's not her responsibility or anything like this um so that was a bit of a wounder and i was sort of fighting that but it didn't really matter because seven days after that the wreck of the bike got nicked so did it uh-huh. yeah i got uh, i got knocked off it then it got nicked and then two years after that I very fortuitously answered an unknown number and it happened to be a policeman telling me that they just recovered it um, and that they would the recovery fee was £112 and it would be another £12 a day for a, a total of 28 days, at which point they would destroy it and I'd have to pay the lot. <laughs> right, so you got it back in the end. No, no, it, it got, it got, like what they had found was a rusting hulk in a ditch. Right. Okay. It was. It, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a bike. It was. A, you know. It was a piece of shit. It had been ragged around the hills and mountains by all and sundry for two years. Wow. Well raped, and then they, you know, abandoned somewhere. And then I got the pleasure, and the privilege of paying for its destruction. Well, that is that is a, a sad, you know, ending to to your one two five. Um, but it, it's that's it why I didn't ride for a couple of years. Yeah, ride for a few years after that because it was a bit, a bit of a kick in the teeth. That, but we both had a bit of a break. Don't let that put you off. No, no, and we both had a break, and that didn't put us off. Um, No, you had a break in between your bike being stolen and being run over, and um, I moved out the country, and both of our uh, us um, uh, let our CBT lapse, I guess, and then we had to do it for a second time. Um, But on a second time, I went straight to a big bike, and I'm pretty sure you did too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. did. Um, yeah. So this is the only point, one you know, to five. If you're a bit older and you've got a bit more money, then you know at the time I was nineteen, twenty. I couldn't even do the big bike test yet. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right. So I mean, there are bikes, but when we're looking today for for bikes, whether we're advising someone or or just you know having a look ourselves for for new or used bikes, um, what would we what we're we considering these days? Um, well, I mean, obviously, when you're, you know, it's your first uh, bike. When I mean, most people doing CBT, if I face, are going to be youngsters. There are going to be people who are older, but a lot of this is still going to count towards you too. But I would suggest, obviously, there's a few factors that you want to think about when you buy your bike. But I think the defining one for most people is going to be budget. You know, when you're budget, yeah, fifteen, sixteen, how much money you have to spend is going to, to be the, the the key to what you can get. Um, mm-hmm. it is, it's, you know, when, yeah, I think, it, I mean, but I'd say even for, for older people, that's that budget is still going to be, you know, yeah. pretty critical, but when you're looking uh, for any bike, you, you end um, up going, yeah, yeah, what can I exactly. 
what what can you afford like how much can you borrow or, or what have you saved up um yeah mm-hmm. exactly um purpose as well i mean what's the purpose because so for some people it might be i i just want to, to to learn how to ride a bike and i just want to yeah. have something that that looks cool when the other person be like okay i need transport i need to be able to get to work get to, to college mm-hmm. um go to see my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever so i might need to carry things i might need to you know have some storage or have a box or you might just want um a sports bike looking bike that doesn't have any luggage that you can just you know thrash and learn to go around a corner with your knee down on a one two five um so yeah it's all about what you're needing it for so you know like you say for some people it's purely purely a toy you know it's, it's just a bit of fun um for others it's commuting for others it might be you know there's plenty of people who are earning money for Deliveroo and things that these days, you know, they need to yeah, be able exactly, to yeah. have a, have a box on the back or whatever. So yeah, to make that's going to be money, quite yeah. a primary concern in in what you're buying too is what you intend to use this for. And like I say, if you want to learn to get your knee down, there's not a lot of point in getting an off road style bike, and and vice versa. If you want to ride ride a bit in the dirt, there's no point in getting you know something with clip ons and rear sets. That's exactly. sorry, handlebars yeah. and foot pegs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I guess we want to consider seat height. Um, you, I mean, we brought this up earlier um, before we started. You said mainly just if you're really short, you want to consider that because <laughs> there's mean, some bikes really, really you've short. Because you've got to be under five foot yeah. to really be struggling with anything. Five foot two, yeah. five foot, you'll start struggling with some things. But most one two fives are quite short anyway, aren't they? Yeah, quite low. Seat. Although. You, we're not saying you're going to, you know, it's all about confidence. What we're saying is don't, you should, you know, relatively soon you will be able to move that bike around whatever height you are. It doesn't matter that, you, you know, if you're a little shorter than average, yes, it's, it'll be, at first it'll be a bit intimidating, but it shouldn't really be that big a defining factor in your your buying yeah, choices. Um, I mean, because you will, same, whatever same it is, goes, you're going to get used to it. Yeah. And the same goes for weight. It's not be a massive factor, um, but you know it's something you might want to look at on the spec sheet. Um, yeah. You may decide a lighter bike is better for you. But yeah, we go from there. Um, brand. Um, actually, let's go back to brand in a minute. Let's just go through the other bits. Like yeah. so, um, parts and condition. Um, when I I was thinking parts, like what's available, which will lead into brand later. But it mm-hmm. does depend on. Is your bike a weird one two five import? Do you want to make sure that you know you have mm-hmm. parts available? Is it sale for cheap because nobody can get parts to repair it or maintain it? Yeah. Um, and how good of a condition is it? Is it Forty in? years old. You know, if it, is it very exactly, very old? Yeah. You might not be able to get parts for it anymore. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely. That's all the condition and the parts. You know. Well, I mean, one defines the other, doesn't it? If it's in crappy condition, then you absolutely need to start looking what parts availability is before you buy that bike. Because um, there's no point in buying it one that's a really, you know, that's an old rust bucket if then you don't have the capability to yeah. to repair it. Exactly, and that, and that was one of my points: is like, will you wrench? Will you actually get a wrench on this bike? Because yeah. not everybody's comfortable and confident in starting to work yeah. on your bike. Although I feel like there's probably a a, a bias towards uh, and 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 the amount of people that work on their motorbikes. It's probably more than the people who work on their own cars these days. I think there's something about being a biker that makes you want to tinker with your bike. Um, I think I feel it's, it's also. 
So I feel it's yep. also it's, it's very very accessible um, as as That's they it. go. Yeah. Um, like motorcycles, you can you know, you don't have, it's not fiddling around inside an engine bay. You can remove a motorcycle engine and pick it up yourself. You know, it's yeah. it's everything's so much easier. And also the world has changed. YouTube, everything's out there. There's videos yeah. for everything, how to do everything. The biggest thing is having the tools. You know, that's is yeah. that's a cost on top of running a motorcycle is the, you know, buying some tools, but that will then save you in the long run. You know, if you spend the two hundred pounds on tools that you were gonna spend on your first service, those tools oh. will be with you for life. You read my mind, Mozart. Exactly what I wanted <laughs> to say. I, I feel like that's 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 a podcast episode itself. We're talking about how yeah. you could um, equip your first um, motorbike toolbox, which you will make uh, that money back within the first year of owning a motorbike because you'll make it back on mm-hmm. servicing costs and and, and repair costs. Um, uh, yeah, I think we should talk about that another day because I think that's uh, that's a really Absolutely. good point for for anybody with a motorbike. Um, yeah. Retail value. I think that's really important when you're buying because. A 125 isn't a bike you're going to have for a long time unless, like Mozart says earlier, um, you're using it to make money and you're, you're a delivery driver or something like that. Um, then you may be keeping this bike for a long time. But most people will buy the 125 and sell within two years or, or get it nicked. Um, so, yeah, resale <laughs> value is important, right? Because some bikes will hold their value yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. This, and it is, I mean, I think it's more important in this, like you said, just said, it's more important in this sector than any other sector because people keep the bikes for such a short period of time. You, you, I mean, even the people who change their bikes regularly a bit higher up the, the, the market, even them tend to be sort of two or three years, you know, three years is a normal finance deal, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, people on, on one, two fives, they're, they're running them for a couple of years, you know, and then either graduating into cars or, or bigger motorcycles. So, yeah, it is quite key that you don't want to spend a load of money and then lose half of it or three quarters. You want to be looking really to to get as much of your money back. You want you know eighty five percent of your money back really if you can help. It. Yeah. So yeah, resale value is absolutely key. Yeah, and then although this was a point where I was debating whether we should include it kind of leads into this point here whether you buy new or used now if you buy new your resale value is going to drop significantly from the from the off-court price that you've paid say say four grand for the for the new bike and then it's going to lose a a certain amount of money um now if you buy used and you buy it in good condition and you're only using it for a year that 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 the figure you've lost is is a lot less, I think, percentage wise than if you buy yeah. new. Um, there are benefits and you know pros and cons of both, but um, if you mm. buy new, you're going to lose money. Um, so it really depends how long you're going to keep it for and how much money you got, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you shouldn't be going into it looking at it as an investment anyway. You should assume that you're going to, you know, it's a tool. It's yeah. going, you're going to get used, and it's going to get you're going to lose some value on that. But you want to minimise that, and there are certain things that you can do to. You know, combat that, such as yeah, really buying new. That's when you're going to take your biggest hit. Um, obviously, it comes with certain benefits. It's going to be you know covered for a few years. You're going to get some warranty. Yeah. You don't need MOTs. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so it depends again how confident you are on the tools and things like that, and how much. Well, I mean, I think this all comes back to probably like it needs to be said again. Like it's it's budget. Budget is the most important factor, and it's going to be everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of goes out of the window a little bit because as much as you would like to have, you know, a, a nice branded adventure style motorcycle with the short seat height and everything you could possibly want, when your budget's two and a half grand, and you you know it's what's available within your area, within the region you live, for the money you've got available. So, 
yeah, some of oh, yeah, this I mean, is, is dreams, but you know, it's a good point. I mean, you try. brought that up, and I don't think we wrote this down, but we've talked about this in the past where, um, a lot of this, like you say, goes out the window. It's what's in your area. Mm. <laughs> if you've yeah, only yeah, got two grand available. to spend, you could be having this list of requirements and desires, but really it's like, well, what's close to me? Because am I going to drive two hours yeah. to go find this motorbike? Mm, mm. You know. That's in it. I mean, UK, if, you can, if you've got someone really who's that. willing to drive you, if you've got someone who's willing to drive you to Scotland or Wales, then, you know, but there are deals transporting to be made. a motorbike. Yeah, transporting a mm. motorbike is not easy. If you if, if nobody in your no. family is a biker and hasn't got the you know the ability and knowledge on how to get a you know biker in a van, a bike in a van yeah. or a trailer, you're not going to travel. You need the and van. when you're getting a one two five, you have to remember you can't ride a motorway. So if you want to go four hours to go get this bike, it's going to take you six hours to ride that type of motorbike back mm. home. Miserable. Um, so yeah, what's local? I guess is really important. Yeah. Um, there was once in the last about in a minute. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. What's in the area? Yeah, ignore, yeah, everything. Don't, ignore everything. Ignore everything we just said. It's what's, what's available to you in your budget. That's what's going to count. Yeah. Go on eBay now, filter by what's nearest to me, <laughs> and then just close the podcast. But for those of you who are staying, um, quickly before we move on to our next topic, um, I just want to say insurance costs. Um, you're oh, not yes. going to pick a bike depending on insurance costs, but just to be aware, like, you're buying your first bike. Your insurance is going to be higher than most people. It's going to be today, from what I read, it's going to be around three to four hundred pounds to insure your first one two five motorbike. So, when you are budgeting, um, consider that you'll probably pay that monthly, but that monthly is still going to be forty pound a month, um, thirty forty pound a month. So consider that. Um, but then the next bit we're going to talk about was brand, really, um, and what and brands this, this to consider and what to avoid. This is important. This is really important. And for you know all those people who've just gone off to do the Googling like you just recommended, they're, they're going to miss out on this. And this is key. So <laughs> Chinese know. motorcycles are mm-hmm. not worth the money. You, there are, they have been flooding the market recently. There's loads of different brands, loads of different names. Let's just qualify um, that. Let's just qualify that quickly. Right. Cheap Chinese motorcycles are not worth the money. Okay, so uh, the, the, the Chinese factories make a lot of good bikes as well. They make a lot of good engines because a lot of the engines in the world are, and, and parts are made in China. China as a whole isn't bad, but cheap shit. <laughs> the cheap oh, right, right, right. I was, I, advertised, they are poor. I thought you were about to stun me with some amazing new Chinese motorcycle that I wasn't aware of. So that's, that's no, but really I, I, it just um, there's this broad sweeping kind of generalization that everything made in oh, China right. is shit, but it's not, is it? No, it's, it's just that true. they no. do produce a lot of shit as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. In fact, if you yeah. want something made, Chinese manufacturing is the best in the world, and they've got the best tooling yeah. engineers in the world. Um, but they also do things very, very cheaply. So yes, what we're talking about is things like, um, and you get them in all, all sorts of different names. Um, so Lexmo and Sinis and mm-hmm. Motorcycles, all these, some of the branded, they sound like it's an English name. It's not. Yeah. Right. AJS, all... AJS was an yeah. older uh, British brand from years ago. Uh, mm. Even uh, Benelli, Benelli is a, mm. a, a middle, a middle tier, I think, Chinese brand these days. Mm. Um, yeah, it's Chinese. It's not it's Italian. But the, the problem is they are made with, I mean, the, the build quality is shocking. Um, mm-hmm. We talk mm-hmm. about <laughs> within sort of circles. They talk about Chineseium. <laughs> it's the metal that they make things out of. But yeah, it is no quality metal. Aesthetic, yeah, it's like pig iron. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but they are the, the problem with them is that you, you know you, you look like you can get a new bike for two or three grand, um, and you do mm-hmm. get a new bike for two or three grand. But 
that you're going to ride that into the dirt in two years. It's not going to be worth anything. Um, they are, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I have, I have been stood at a workshop when someone came up with their less than a week old new Chinese motorcycle. Um, and he asked the mechanic, uh, do you work on these? He's like, nope, because he doesn't want to get involved with them. Um, but like, we just had a, a quick look at it, and there was uh, there was one something that was that should have been tight wasn't, and it's only a week old. You know, so it wasn't, right. okay. wasn't even you know, loosely talked; it was finger loose, um, and there were things broken on already. And it's a week old, you know. Um, it's just not worth that. What you think of as a saving, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, so, like you say, the some of the metal they use is. Mm. Sorry, just saying, like some some of the metal they use is is poor quality, but they're also using poor quality parts. So the, the things mm. such such as like uh, I don't know the clutch levers or or, or the um, you know the, the foot controls and switch gear, um, even the, you know the chain rings and all these stuff, they're all poor quality. They they're gonna they're gonna rust quicker because they're not mm-hmm. as protected. They haven't got like you know a good kind of coating on them. Um, they're probably a thinner metal than it should really be, so they're gonna, you know, they're gonna dent quicker or bend bend quicker. Every time I've seen them, especially on the used market, they just look like they're ten years old, even though they're only a year or two old, because they just wear so quickly. Um, yeah, yeah they mean, look all the limits them. have been pushed. All mm-hmm. the limits have been pushed. Everything is down to the finest of margins, and yeah, I mean, they are not really fit for purpose. I say the really you're better off and i think we both agree on this is to go for what we call a uj a universal japanese motorcycle you get used to this term you right. hear it quite a lot um and it is just get one of the big four manufacturers so something by honda kawasaki who are the other two <laughs> uh, suzuki <laughs> suzuki and um um, um yamaha yamaha, yeah, yamaha there you go well, yamaha, yeah so uh, yeah uh, honda kawasaki suzuki yamaha if you get something from one of these guys that's you are very, very likely to be able to sell it in two or three years for pretty much the same price that you paid for it. They yeah. are tend to be quite unexciting, but they tend to be very, very reliable. They are well built. They've knocked out millions, and I do mean millions of them worldwide mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. decades. You know, they really know how to build them. Um, they are, you know, absolute workhorses. Um, and you I say you you'll it's the payoff that you get at the end when you sell it again. It's going to be much, much better than you get off the, the, the what seems to be a better deal from buying these these cheap motorcycle brands. 100%, 100%. I would never advise someone to buy one of the other bikes like a Lex Motor. But at the same time, if that's what's in your budget and that's what's in your area and this is what's going to be your first step onto a, to a, to a bigger motorbike, then go for it. But really, that should be at the bottom of your list, these motorbikes, because mm. everything else... That would be a Honda Suzuki, even if it's ten years older, will be better for you as a as a, a, a new motorcyclist than than one of these cheaper uh, Chinese brands that really have some poor quality parts that could you know lead to some dangerous situations uh, on a motorbike because you know some parts could be failing too quick. Um, and and there's loads of other options out there. Stick to those four big brands, mostly Japanese. Weirdly, like. Companies like BMW, they don't do a one two five. Um, Triumph, they don't do a one two five. Although there's talk that they are going to do one two fives very soon. Um, KTM, KTM's do one two fives. Yeah, they're worth a look. 
KTM do good one two fives. Um, and what are the big brands? I mean, Harley Davidson, they don't do a one two five. Um, because <laughs> no. it's not really a thing in America that you go straight to big bikes in the States, really. Um, well, they're, they're, they're big bikes, they're top bikes are 300s, aren't they? But the, um, yeah. the KTMs, like, they're, they're well worth a go, but you're going to pay more for them to begin with. Well, so, as we start talking it, about it, these, the shall we budget. go into this bit? We, um, as we started bringing up some brand names, um, so avoid the Chinese ones. Um, and then Mozart and I decided to, to look at um, creating a list of what we would buy. So based on budget, we decided what bike we would buy for £1,000, what bike we would buy for £3,000, and what bike would be the one we'd get if money was no object. Um, so we had a quick look on what's available in the market today. Um, my first bike for a thousand pounds was the Yamaha. I'm oh, sorry, it's Yamaha. It's right in front of me. I can't even read it. Suzuki Van Van. Um, and the reason I brought this bike up is when I did my CBT, my first ever time, the guy who was leading the CBT was riding one of these. And I was blown away with how cool it looked at the time, considering it's a 125. Like, it's, you know, I had the Beholder, um, but I think it's a pretty cool looking bike for a 125. It's unique. It's different. Um, that rear tire is mental. It's so wide and so fat and just balloon-like. And that's a, um, that's, that's a rare thing on a 125 as well. That'll make you feel really, really stable. There's lots of 125s that have got such thin yeah. tires. Yeah. Um, it'll be comfortable as well because, you know, the, the, the bigger the tire, the more comfortable it mm. is. Um, it, it, it soaks up the, the bumps, um, pretty well. Um, this bike is, uh, is, a, it was around for about 10 years. It's a bit of a weird one. They do do a 250 version as well, but, um, I don't think it really ever caught on, but this, um, this, uh, is a one, two, five. It's perfectly capable. It's a good brand. Um, and you can get them for about a thousand pounds. So I found this one here, um, which is 900 quid, but it is a cat C. Um, which means it's um, had damage but been repaired. Um, it doesn't really affect anything other than the fact resale value because it has to be marked on the V5 that it's um, been repaired at some point. Um, I've never had any issues buying a Cat C. Have you? Have you ever bought one? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, loads. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because they make things affordable, right? Is it? But, but you and me run things into the ground. Right, some right, people okay, probably, yeah. if you want to sell it at the end, then it is important, it's Cat C. And I need to caveat some of what you said. Like you said, they are available. No, we found one, <laughs> right? So yeah. for me, this £1,000 budget, we're way out of date. It's like 20 years ago, you could get a, decent, you could get a reasonable bike for £1,000. You can't anymore. Like This is but, this is a stretch. Yeah, if you shop around, they are there. It's just that they are, there are many. bikes that are available. Yeah, but there's and you're going to be you compromised on things like having to have a Cat C. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and it might it, this is 228 miles away from my house. I mean, you know, fair enough. I live in the middle of nowhere, but that's that's still a long way. I'm not going to go travel 228 miles to get this. So that's a thousand Suzuki. pound when you add the fuel already, isn't it? Exactly. So Suzuki RV125. It's called a Van Van. I think it was designed mainly because it was kind of to be an off-road like sand dune bike, and that's why it's got the big tires. It should float over the sand mm. a bit. Um, oh, that was okay. the idea. Um, yeah, I like these bikes. Um, they're pretty cool. Um, what did you look at, Mozart? Let me bring this up. Ooh. I mean, I, uh, so here's the thing is, uh, like I just said, for me, it's not worth it. It's, it would be 
that you are throwing your money away buying a bike for a thousand pounds. So okay. if I had to pick one, I would pick the van van that you just picked. If, right. Okay. Or I'd say uh, this one that I have found a non-runner. And what is right, this so one? Non, uh, was it it's Duke one two five? KTM Duke one two five. Yeah, KTM Duke one two five. I think it's eight hundred and seventy-five quid as a non-runner. So if oh, you so, okay, are confident, so that, what we've got what up on the screen at the moment is a factory picture of the bike, yeah. and it makes it look amazing. It's a beautiful looking bike, but really the one yeah. that Mozart found is this one, <laughs> which it's, is yeah, um, it needs work, far. right? Yeah, it needs loads of work. Um, you know, so yeah, if you know if you've got you know a mum who's really good with the tools and knows what she's doing, then great, she can help you on your bike, you know, and work your way through it. Then this might be a good deal. But for anyone who doesn't know what they're doing this is not a good deal and to be honest neither is buying a bike for a grand i i wouldn't recommend anyone do it um, like i say if i had to i'd pick the van van that you've picked as well because that's about yeah. the best thing i could find in the country but i wouldn't do it i think it's false economy i think you would be better saving your money for a few months and having a bigger budget and you're going to be much better off for it well mozart is the voice of reason i'd say just fuck it just go buy the van van or just buy whatever you can for a grand because really if that's your budget <laughs> that's your budget um but this one's pretty good because it's only 13 miles away it needs some work you may have to spend three four hundred pounds fixing it um mm -hmm. but you know it's close and it's a pretty cool bike. I mean, it's, it's also pretty if you fix this your resale value goes up i mean yeah. if this was working perfectly with an mot I mean, you could sell this for 1,500 quid in the end. I don't know what the going rate is, but you'd probably sell it more for 875. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, it. that's, you know, that's an option. You'd make money. Um, but there aren't many options at 1,000 pounds. Now, when we go to our next budget, which was 3,000 pounds, that's pretty much when you can choose any bike you want. There, There's a lot more available, especially if you're looking on the used markets. So what did I went for? Ah, I went for the Husqvarna Svelte Pelly, Svelte Pelly, I think it's Svitpillen. Svitpillen, that's it. Or it's Svartpillen, I can't remember. Svartpillen, yeah. So mm. Husqvarna is a Swedish brand. No, no, Spanish brand. Hang on, Swedish or Spanish? I don't think they're either, are they? I think you should look that up. Well, they're owned by KTM now. Hus yeah, so, so that's what I knew. Husqvarna. Uh, Husqvarna, 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 Husqvarna. I swear it was Swedish. It's Husqvarna German um, or Swedish? Husqvarna Group Swedish. Oh, it, yeah, Swedish. Okay, so they also make lots of engines for like lawnmowers and chainsaws and mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, so anyway, we, we, we're going off tangent here. They make pretty cool bikes. <laughs> um, they make lots of bigger adventure bikes and stuff. Now mm -hmm. this is a smaller one two five. They do make this in a four hundred cc as well. Um, I think for me, it grabs my attention. It grabs my eye. That's why I first liked it. It's rugged. It's just doing something different. It's, it's, it's trying to be like a scrambler adventure bike, but it's a great size. It's a great budget as well. Um, and quality parts. What it's interesting because you, you say, you say, you describe that as rugged. Um, now to me that uh, I quite like it. I think it's pretty cool, but that's to me, it's more, like very stylish, very elite, very yeah, sort of thing yeah. that you would see being in a you know being in a Bond movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's really I don't wrong. I think they're pretty cool. Um, I've 
I'd love to ride one. I imagine that they were very expensive when they were new, and I imagine they will hold their value really well. Um, I don't reckon there's probably been a lot of them sold. Um, but this is all you know what? Brand new. They're not that much. They're not bad, right? So used. I found yeah. this one used, yeah, for two thousand nine hundred ninety-nine pounds. Right? Mm-hmm. It's only got two and a half thousand miles on it. Right? It was it's twenty twenty-one model. Right? You buy these Still. new for four thousand. Oh really? That's that's, that's good, not man. bad, is it, man? That's pretty good. For a Husky, which is essentially a KTM-branded bike, I think they're probably made in India because um, KTM now have a lot of factories in India. But I think that's yeah. that, that's a quality bike. And, and the Indians make some of the best bikes in the world. They make the most bikes in the world. They ride the most bikes in the world. Um, their engineering over there is, is, is great these days. And KTM is a brand I'd trust. And Husqvarna mm. being KTM, I trust. I think for the money, that's a great bike. Um, it's think, one I would yeah. consider if I had the money. Yeah, definitely. I think three thousand pounds for that. It's already taken its biggest hit. I think you would sell it for the better part of three thousand pounds in a couple of years with a few more thousand miles on it. I think that'd yeah. be a great buy. Yeah, yeah, ten out of ten. I like that. Would ten have. out of ten. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, wait. Let's, let's take it back. Wait, wait, let's say eight out of ten. I don't want to get you too excited. <laughs> Roll that excitement back. Oh, this is Mozart's three thousand pound choice. What have we got here? Well, so obviously £3,000, like you say, you get many, many more options now, and there are a load of honourable mentions to be said. You can have CB125s, you can have MT125s, you can have Jukes, you can have Groms, you can have the KTM RC125. Um, I went a little bit left field. I found a Honda RC80, which is a two-stroke dirt bike. Is it not a CR80? Uh, oh, sorry, CR80, my mistake, yeah, yeah CR80. No um, it is... Is it now, a two-stroke? Again, yeah, it's a two-stroke. So if you look Bloody at this hell. one here, this isn't the one that uh, this isn't the one that I've found. My £3,000 one is from 1980. Uh, so we'll show the next slide. Um, there you go. Look at that bad boy. Three grand. <laughs> for, I mean, that thing has bags of character. Um, yeah. It is a complete... I mean, I wouldn't say it's beautiful. I wouldn't say it's ugly, but it's definitely somewhere in the middle. Um, it's <laughs> got a bit more capability, a bit of off-road capability. Uh, it's quite low, so you can, you know, get your uh, really going to fall over. You go anywhere on it. Um, can I just describe this bike for everybody? Okay, so <laughs> right. So, so the first image we had before was it was a typical looking dirt bike, um, the CR80, which is a more modern version. Um, it's similar to the DT125 that we looked at earlier. It's got quite high forks. It's quite high seat height. It's spread out. It's got all the typical plastics and fairings you get on a dirt bike. Now, this bike, the CR80 that he's found from 1980, which is £3,000, I, I kind of describe it as a chode bike. It's, it's short <laughs> and fat, <laughs> and it's bright red. It looks like it's had a hard night. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not personally, it's not the most attractive looking bike, but it's not about attractiveness. That bike will ride hard, I think. It, it, I looks, think it would have great fun on it. It's a great it's bit, field bike, yeah, yeah, exactly. A sort of farm bike, can it? Like, yeah. it's got a bit of off road capability, it could do some trails. It's definitely like it's from 1980, it's three grand now. You're going to sell that for a, a minimum of three grand again in five years, that, if not more. That, will, that um, will hold its value. Yeah, it's got you loads will of have character. To, you will have to know it's how to very work simple. on it. Well, it doesn't matter because it's, it's not from 1980. It's really, 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 really simple engineering. So this is a good learning yeah. platform too. So you want a bike you know, to start learning to wrench on, something like this would be great. 
because it's Agreed. very old. It is very, very simple mechanics. It's a good starting, good learning platform. So for me, and it's two strokes, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be noisy and smelly. You know? I mean, you say a lot of fun. I mean, to be honest, I don't have any personal experience of riding a two stroke, but they sound like they are just mad machines. Um, <laughs> I mean, for people that don't know, you may not know. So you have four stroke and you have two strokes. Now, on a four-stroke, um, the explosion happens every four strokes, which releases power every four strokes of the piston, right? Now, on a two-stroke, every two strokes, the, 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 the piston explodes. It's a power stroke right? every other go, yeah. Yeah, so you're getting... The, the explosion is just that much quicker, which, which, which translates to the machine between your legs as just having this, uh, like, I don't know, quicker release of power. And just from what I understand, it's hard to manage, especially as a first bike. I, I don't think I'd recommend a two-stroke for your first bike. You get, I mean, you get much more bang for your buck. So uh, you, know, you get yeah. for, for the same displacement <laughs> yeah. for the same displacement engine, you will get more power. Um, but it yeah. sacrifices something. So you've got to you got to premix your fuel, things like that. Um, yeah, you know, there's, yeah. There are there's definitely a balancing act in reality for. Every, I mean, there's a reason that everything's four strokes these days because they're more reliable and they last longer and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a two stroke. Easy to handle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ridden many? Uh, only a couple, but yeah, you you yeah. notice the difference. You really do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I like the bike. I think it's a cool looking bike. It's it's very retro looking. Um, to bags of character. Um, yeah, it'd be a bike I'd definitely be considering if I had the money. Yeah. Um, so then we had a, uh, the next bike would be in our money, no object category. So there are lots, you know, this is probably going into the new bikes. Um, I had a quick look for some rare kind of unicorn bikes at mm. one, two, five unicorns. I couldn't really find any <laughs> Let's think this. market. Um, there's a difference yeah. between what I want and what you can actually available to buy. So yeah, I was looking for like an NSR one, two, five. We can't find one. So yes, yeah. that would be you know, if if it was the money no object. I'll have an NSR one two five. Would but would the NSR one two five be a four cylinder like its bigger brother, or I can't so, be a four cylinder one two five, right? I think it might. I can't remember. No, I got no remember, mad, I, a four I, cylinder one two five. I think it is. I think it's a four cylinder. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, because it was. Wow, yeah, because it wrote. Wow. It's, that, it's one that to like twenty thousand. If that's it? a four cylinder, yeah, then that means that, you know those pistons are like thimble sized. Which is mm. mad. Yeah, literal symbols. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, NSR125, that's what I would uh, go for. But you can't buy them. No, they're, they're no. any, you know. Um, so those unicorns, are, I, I thought the same actually. I was like, if you could find something that had the two wheel drive conversion on the 125. So you've got yeah. a Christini two wheel drive. So you have a two wheel one, two wheel drive motorbike. Yeah, great. That, that would be it as well. But again, can't find any. So right, yeah. realistic money is no object bikes is what we're actually looking at. So then we both had similar ideas here. Mine was the Maving, which is a British brand. It's an electric bike. Um, the picture I've just brought up here is of a fairly classic-looking bike. You can imagine this being the style of a, of a 1940s, 1950s uh, British motorcycle. Um, it's kind of got a... It's got like a bobber seat, but it has. it's not a hard tail. It's got um, a suspension on the back. It's... An electric bike that has one or two batteries, depending on how you spec it. Um, it will only do 45 miles um, per battery. No, sorry, got that wrong. It will do 40 miles per battery, but it'll only go 45 miles per hour. 
Um, and this is, I think, seven or eight thousand pounds brand new, um, which is a so price. Of it. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just want to describe it as well. Carry on, um, please. Yeah. This is the this is the moustache twirling brown leather boots <laughs> coming brocade. Um, possibly yeah. a uh, a scarf fluttering in the wind over your shoulder. Um, and this is definitely a difference in our tastes, like because yeah. I like this. I think I, aesthetically, I think this looks beautiful. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I, I chose the Husqvarna at first. When I first saw it, I was like, aesthetically, that just stood out to me as a beautiful looking bike. Mm. And then actually, when I looked into it more, I thought it was really good for the money. Um, but yeah, this Maving, which is a British band, um, it's a bit of a bespoke British electric band. Um, it's growing. It only does this one bike. Um, I don't know how good it would be to buy if you needed, you know, repairs done to it or something because, uh, you know, in brand new markets, it's difficult to get parts. And, you know, even going to Maving themselves, they might not be able to provide you with um, extra parts and stuff. Although on electric motorbikes these days, a lot of the parts are interchangeable. Like the disc brakes, the calipers, the controls, the forks, that's all just from another bike. I mean, they're pretty mm. much parts bins, those those pieces. Uh, sorry, when I say parts bin pieces, I mean from other yeah. motorcycles. Um, but yeah, electric bike. Um, I would never spend eight grand on an electric bike for a 125. But if I lived in the city, then I might do if I had lots of money. Yeah, see, that's the thing. If, yeah, if, if I lived in the city and it was my sixth bike and I could afford it, then mm. yes, maybe a little electric 125 would be quite nice. Um, which is pretty much what you picked, which is this. Yeah. Yeah. So a similar and sort that's of thing. Zero um, FSX or FSR, I believe. Something um, like that. Which is their smallest uh, motorbike, which can be ridden on a CVT. Mm. Yours is yeah, really expensive. I think, again, that was about seven or eight grand, I think. Oh, no. No, no, there was no brand new. That's 12 team, grand. Think, yeah. 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 Um, that's I, mad again, money. Just, it's just a fun little electric thing into is it again i wouldn't for the life of me if, if i had 12 grand to spend on bikes i'm coming home with four bikes right i'm not i'm not buying that um yeah but so, you know yeah again it's that thing if i was you know very rich and i had it was i might keep one in my apartment in boston and one in my apartment in malaga and one in my apartment in you know xyz um yeah agreed but i'm i don't go i don't Imagine, I imagine it's a great lot of fun. You know, it's, they're electric, they're quiet, instant power. You know, you're going to ride it everywhere at full speed, which ain't going to be very high, but it doesn't matter because it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's going to be fun. That. Or... Um, now, if we were going back to dinosaur juice, which is what we'd probably mm -hmm. prefer, um, we'd looking at something like this. Uh, that's a yeah. Yamaha XSR, is it? Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. they look really good. I've seen... Oh, I, I saw... Sorry, Karen, yeah. When, yeah, when I first saw one of them, I didn't know it was 125. That looks like a proper grown-up bike. It's got proper tyres on it. It's. It, I had to sort of do a double take and look around, like look at the engine size and, and go and ask the guy because, yeah, it's a cool bike. It's really good. They thought that was, yeah. you know, that, that's the 125 I'd buy, essentially. It's got big chunks of tyres. The yeah. frame looks bulkier than you would expect on a on a 125 um it which you know the engine is small but it's also got like a it's got like a a, a guard on the front an engine guard which kind of makes the, the engine look a bit bigger um the frame and you know the, the seat cowl like extends like a lot longer than you would think on a 125 
it looks chunky. Although I have seen people sitting on them and it does look a bit small, but um, it's definitely bigger than most looking 125s, which is one of the yeah, things. It's one of the funny things. When you get a 125, you almost <laughs> don't want people to know you're riding a 125. <laughs> Even though you've got a big L plate smacked on it. Um, but I think that's part of being a kid, isn't it? Like, like yeah. you want to look grown up grow and look up. older. Yeah. yeah. Um, and See, this, now, you know, this I... bike fits that. But if someone gave me one of them now, I'd love tearing around on that. You oh, know, I didn't have to pay for it. On a little one, two, five that looks like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, and then uh, I put together this little image of other bikes that um, would be honourable mentions. Now, this little cute yellow bike in the top corner is a Honda Grom, um, which is a cool bike. Um, it's quite small if you're definitely um, vertically challenged. This is a bike to consider because pretty much anybody can straddle this bike. I think mm. it's probably got like a seat height of 25 inches or something really low. It's really small, um, but it's got tiny wheels. It's nippy. It's it's um, it's becoming quite a popular bike. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. And then we've got next to that we've got a yamaha r125 which is the little version of their r1 r6 race bikes uh sports bikes then there's a suzuki uh, gsxr125 or gixa um and then we've got a honda cb125 and an mt125 sorry the mt is a yamaha mt125 um and these are all except for the grom little versions of big bikes mm-hmm. um that was the, and the ktm KC one two five's worth a mention as well. Um, ah, all, I missed that yeah, one. On all, the list, yeah, all little little versions of big bikes, tried and true in technology from good manufacturers. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're all they, okay. The engine might be small, but all the geometry and the way you know the, the lean angles and all those sort of things is very, 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 very similar to the to the real deals. Um, so yeah, all of these are a good bike, well worth it. If you can afford one of these as your first bike, you won't regret it, and you'll have a lot of fun. And the resale value will, will will hold. If you get one of these, like two or three years old, when you go to sell it, you're not going to lose a large amount of money. No. Like if you bought, as we talked about, a Lexmoto Chinese brand bike for 3500 when you go to sell that two years later, it's probably going to be worth £1,000, right? So you've lost probably two and a half grand, right? But this, if you buy this for 3000 used next year, two years when you sell it, you're going to sell it for two and a half or, you know, and you're only going to lose mm. 500 quid. I mean, you might that often with these sort of bikes, you'll sell them for within a hundred pounds of what you bought them. The other thing with the the Chinese ones, like all those, you might you might struggle to sell them. It might not even be you might get total loss on it because no might might be a case that no one even wants to buy it for five hundred quid. Um, so yeah. you know, we yeah. know we're hammering this point, but we we are hammering it for a reason. Avoid them like the plague. They are that's only going to cost you. Yeah. Um. So all these bikes were for your, your CBT if you've got a 125. If, sorry, if you've got your CBT if you're 17 years. Now, if you've got your CBT and you're only 16, you, you're only limited. You're limited to 50cc, um, and you're also limited to choice. Um, <laughs> there's two images here um, of, of, of mopeds. Now, there are more options than this, but you are going to be looking mostly at mopeds at this point. So when you need a 50cc bike... Um, there are things like this Honda, you know, I've forgotten already what it was called. What was it called? Was Honda Piaggio Vision. or something? Oh, okay. And that's, no, that's a Vespa Primavera. Okay. Yeah. So Honda Vision and that's a Vespa Primavera. These are 50cc, mm-hmm. um, mopeds. You can get 
motorbikes at 50cc, but there are few of them. Aprilia is a brand to look at. Um, you can get some race-looking bikes. You can also get some uh, like enduro, dual sport, dirt type yeah. bikes for 50cc. Um, but again, there's not many of them at this point. At 16 years old, riding a 50cc. The reason they give you 50cc is they want you to have a bike with not much power. It's probably easy to ride. Most of these are going to be automatics, um, and, and there's a good reason why they're sticking you on this for the first year. Um, so your choice is limited, but um, yeah, everything we've said about the one two five Chinese brand, blah blah blah. Same goes on the scooters, right? All applies here as well. And like you say, you're going yeah. to struggle really to find a geared fifty cc. They are out there, but they're a bit of a rocking horse. So you know, you, you can find one, and you're probably going to have to travel for it, and you're probably going to have to pay for it. Um, but yeah, much more likely is these sort of things. You know, Peugeot Street Fighters, those sort of business. Um, there's a lot of them available. They tend to be fairly wrecked, but they're very, very easy to repair. You know, usually, you know, it'll be cosmetic damage. Um, yeah. But as long as they run, this is the sort of thing you want something fairly cheap that's just going to get you from A to B for a year or two until you can move on up the ladder. Um, so don't worry too much if it's a bit if it's a bit ragged. What you want is some is that it is mechanically sound. Mechanically sound is important. You know, if it's got a few scratches and scrapes, so be it. Yeah, cool. I think that's it, really, for for, for us talking about what one two five is. I mean, we we've hammered down the point about um, brand. Um, that's quite key. Um, I feel like we've talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Would you agree, or anything else? I don't think there's anything else I've got to add. To be honest, I say I think we've covered it mostly. It's going to be mainly about come to your budget. It's going to be the biggest key, and related to that, do not fall into the Chinese trap. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just um, look for a, a solid Japanese brand, a used Japanese motorcycle. You won't go far wrong. Yeah, agreed. Um, if you do want some advice or just to ask any sort of question, I'm sure uh, we'd be happy. If you want some, you know, advice on a motorbike you're looking at, um, you can email us at hello at kmpod.co.uk, um, and then we'll, you know, we'll be happy to help. Um, our next episode. It's all about gear. Gear. This is good. I quite like this one. Lots, to, be, lots getting, to talk about. I mean, yeah. yeah, lots of yeah talk on helmets, jackets, gloves, boots, etc. Mm. Um, Safety levels, budgets, purposes. Yeah. yeah. So you can't ride a bike really. With, well, you can't ride a bike legally without a helmet, and we do not advise to you to ride with anything you know missing any of the other bits as well. So we'll talk all about that on the next episode. Um. I think that's it. That's a lot, isn't it? Thank you for listening, and um, we'll be back soon. Yeah, with episode three. Do we make it this far? We've made it to episode two. I don't think we can quit <laughs> yet, can we? No, we keep well, going. We promise them now. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, I'll see you later then, man. Take it easy. Take care, man. Bye.